Howdy and welcome to the Tim Week Bible Study. This is week 10, day one of our study of Esther. I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and today we're talking about Esther 9, 20-22. Well, welcome back to the Tim Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs. And before we get started, I want to encourage you to check out all the resources we have over at tenweekbible.com. We need to know the Bible now more than ever. So it may be your time to start leading a Bible study group in your church or small group in your home. And we have plenty of those kinds of resources over there. All right, with that, let's go ahead and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to know you more today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. we be reading today from the NIV. This is Esther 9, starting in verse 20. Mordecai recorded these events, and he sent letters to all the Jews throughout the provinces of King Xerxes, near and far, to have them celebrate annually the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar, as the time when the Jews got relief from their enemies, and as the month when their sorrow turned into joy and their mourning into a day of celebration." He wrote them to observe the days as days of feasting and joy, giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. So we're going to find out tomorrow, and hopefully you've been reading the book of Esther 10 times in 10 weeks. I I so want to encourage you. I'm jealous for you to read God's word more than any amount of, of information you get from me or anyone else. God's word the Bible itself, is the most treasured thing that we have. And so that's why in these studies, the name of the 10-week Bible study is because I want you in these 10 weeks to read the book of the Bible we're going through, Esther here, 10 times in those 10 weeks. And so if you've read it 10 times in 10 weeks, if you've read it a couple of times in 10 weeks, that's better than not reading it all. I love it when when you can set that goal to read it 10 times and you achieve 10 times in 10 weeks. If you say, I'm going to read it 10 times in 10 weeks and you do eight or you do five or you do three, that's okay. That's okay because you've read it more than you would have otherwise. But the more you read, the more you'll get it into you, the more you'll start meditating on it. And if you've been doing that, then you already know the feast that we're talking about here is Purim or Purim. And so Mordecai is giving these instructions to all of the Jews everywhere in the Persian kingdom that they're going to celebrate Purim. Now we're going to get that name here as we, we go throughout this, the rest of this chapter, and we're going to find out why the, the holiday is called Purim. But here is where Mordecai is, is telling everyone what to do. And, and to this day, Jews celebrate uh, celebrate Purim, and it is r- realistically one of the Jews' favorite holidays to celebrate, even to this day. And the reason for that is because this is only happiness. Most of the rest of the Jewish holidays and feasts, there's some some aspect of, of fasting and mourning and, and all of these different things, calling to remembrance, how they've turned from the Lord, what the Lord's done from all, all these different kinds of things. And most of the rest of the Jewish holidays have a somber feel to them. But Purim is, is most Jews, they would say it's one of their favorite holidays to celebrate, even to this day. And the, the reason for that is just because they're celebrating this massive, amazing victory. I mean, one of the most amazing stories in all of the Bible is the story found in the book of Esther. And so on the day, on the, the, the 14th and 15th of Adar, um, 
and, and we've talked about this before, but this is sometime because the, the Hebrew calendar is a lunar calendar. It moves throughout the year. And so it's generally in the spring and March and April is when this falls. Uh, it's around Easter time ish. It's should fall before Passover. But, uh, you know, this is where they're, they're sending gifts to each other. They're sending food to one another, remembering the poor. All of these things are part of the festival. They actually send food gifts to each other. They send food gifts to the poor. They almost look like Easter baskets, apparently, a lot of the time. Kids will dress up. They actually make uh, these little fruit pastries that supposedly look like Haman's hat, which is a three-pointed hat, according to some uh, medieval ancient artwork renditions of Haman. But really, one of the, the primary things that they do in the modern celebration is they read the book of Esther in synagogue. People are supposed to go to synagogue. The entirety of the book of Esther is to be read, but the thing that that people and kids alike they enjoy doing during this is, you know, because of what we're gonna what we've already read, how everything that Haman had planned was turned on on his own head, and how, you know, he was was killed and 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 basically blotted out, his name was blotted out every single time at the synagogue when they read the book of Esther, and every time they read the name Haman, kids are given these little noisemakers. And so every time the name Haman is about to be read, they're supposed to make as much noise as possible to drown out his name. And so you can imagine that, I mean, normally when you go to synagogue or church, I mean, imagine anything like that. The kids are supposed to be quiet and and respectful and every kid finds that boring and awful to some extent, right? And you go to, they get to go to synagogue and they're told, make as much noise as you can when Haman's name is. So everyone loves this. Everyone loves this. So to this day, this holiday is still celebrated. And in fact, you know, they, they, when they celebrated it then, in Esther's day, there was drinking and partying, and that's the way it is now. Kids actually dress up like people do on Halloween. Jewish kids dress up like like people do on Halloween. It's a very festive time, and and to some extent, I think I'm sure depending on on who you are, which which rabbi, which camp you fall into, um, people are actually even encouraged to drink to the point of getting drunk within reason during this celebration. Like it is supposed to be a, you know, kind of a, an off the charts celebration of what the Lord did for them. Now, of course, lots of Jews aren't religious Jews. And so it's, it's secularized to some extent and it's, it's part of a cultural identity more than a religious identity. And so all these people, a lot of people will take part in that much the way Halloween is, is, you know, it's, it falls on a, a Christian holiday, but most of how we celebrate Halloween has nothing to do with Christianity at all. Uh, Purim is probably closer to at least a biblical celebration than anything like Halloween would be, um, probably even Christmas to some extent, the way that we celebrate it. And so this is this edict that as king of Persia or essentially king of Persia, Mordecai is sending out this command to all the Jews saying, you must celebrate this. There's in the law of Moses, there's a list of feasts and celebrations and fasts and things like that, that they're commanded to celebrate year after year so they can commemorate what the Lord's done for them. 
And this is one of those. This is really one of a couple feasts that weren't in the law of Moses that Jews celebrate year after year. And this, to, to some extent, more than, than even uh, Hanukkah, this is commanded, right? There's a command in Scripture to celebrate this. There is no command in Scripture to celebrate Hanukkah. They do it because of the miraculous salvation over the, the evil Greek king Antiochus uh, back in, in that day where Hanukkah comes from. But there's no biblical command to celebrate Hanukkah. There is a biblical command here, just like in the Law of Moses, there were to celebrate Purim. And so to this day, they celebrate this on the 14th and 15th of the Hebrew month of Adar, again, which falls in March, April, sometime in there. I, I find it just amazing that to this day, this is still celebrated. And throughout history, because of Haman kind of being the bad guy, the boogeyman in the story, there there's a mocking spirit uh, in this celebration of Purim. And so you can look and you can find stories throughout history of, of how Jews have, especially at times in Europe, when Jews were persecuted and oppressed, this holiday more than anything else was their moment to, in, in really kind of a subversive way, if, if Protestants that were, or, or, you know, Christians, Catholics and Protestants in Europe that were persecuting Jews. And unfortunately there's a history of that, um, who were unfamiliar with the way that they celebrate things, they would celebrate in such a way where they would very subversively make fun of the powers and, and, and the power structures that were oppressing them at any given moment by essentially making whatever power structures those were into Haman, right? So, so maybe... And I've read different different accounts where, like, maybe a a bad European king, um, his likeness would be basically they would make an effigy of Haman and make the the evil king, you know, and make the the effigy of Haman look like the evil king, and they would they would do things to that um, that effigy of of Haman when it was really they're they're using that as a proxy for the king that they currently hate because he's persecuting them. Um, those kinds of things have gone on throughout history. So it's, it's, it's got a bit of a, a fun, but also a mocking spirit to it at times. I don't know that that necessarily happens all the time, but there's definitely lots of accounts where that's happened. Uh, occasionally, uh, there's stories of, of people throughout Europe kind of catching on to that and, and taking issue with that and causing, uh, causing trouble, um, ethnic tension, if you will, at different times in Europe when they were celebrating this. But it's really, uh, I, I think it's a, a fascinating holiday. If you're a Jewish person, if you're a Messianic Jewish person, I think it would be a fascinating, wonderful holiday to, to celebrate and to commemorate what the Lord did through Esther and Mordecai, what the Lord did in this moment in time, how he miraculously saved them from complete extinction. I mean, this is, again, I, I think this is just one of the coolest, greatest stories in all of scripture. And this is still celebrated to this day. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's word. Thank you.